Welcome to the Workplace Wellbeing Podcast. The podcast for wellbeing professionals that looks at best practices in organisations that care about their people and which keeps an eye on the growing number of suppliers in the wellbeing space. The Workplace Wellbeing Podcast is sponsored by FastPayE, a financial wellbeing solution that facilitates flexible salary advances. It also provides access to financial education, a benefits assessment calculator, and a host of other financial well-being tools. FastPayE is part of the WorkTech group that includes ShopWorks Workforce Solutions and Solved by AI. ShopWorks offers scheduling and time and attendance tools that improve your workforce management processes, whilst Solved by AI provides unique artificial intelligence products that deliver optimum staffing levels and improve employee retention. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Workplace Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Ian Hogg, Chairman of FastPay. Today, I'm joined by Kevin McAllister, who is the founder of Lift Your Wellbeing. Kevin's an ex-accountant, now support- supporting employee mental health through exercise and community. Today, I want to cover the role of exercise in wellbeing. It's a subject we've barely touched on since our podcast started, and an area where a lot of employers stay clear of. I think many employers see mental well-being as an area they have responsibilities in, but see physical well-being as something for the individual. Kevin believes the two are intrinsically linked, and I want to find out more about the links between mental and physical health. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Ian. Thank you very much for having me. Whereabouts in the world am I speaking to you from? I am in Melbourne, Australia. So it's uh, just our evening. I've been, yeah, just been back here for about six weeks now so I've been living in London for the past six years and um, decided to make the big move back home so it's uh, yeah so far it's been amazing. Well for once you're missing a decent day's weather but um, listen um, (laughs) I think a good place to start is why don't you why don't you take listeners through a bit about your background and how you ended up starting Lift Your Wellbeing. Yeah absolutely I'd love to so um, Lift Your Wellbeing Basically, we started through a long process of listening is uh, how I like to say it. So I, I left university, did a business degree and um, went and got a job with one of the big accounting firms and uh, thought that was me set and learned pretty quickly that the demands of the corporate world and, and the modern employee are, are pretty high and a lot of sacrifices are required to meet those demands in, in a lot of corporate roles. I'm sure many people can relate and what I was looking around and seeing was that a lot of people were unhappy, unhealthy, and it was sort of it was impacting their work as well as as well as their mental health. So I thought, um, you know, after, I was there for about four or five years, and it just didn't sit right with me that there wasn't wasn't enough consideration in the employee experience for mental health and wellbeing. So I decided to retrain as a personal trainer, um, and just really embrace and indulge myself in is all learning I could about health and well-being. And I moved to London and got a job as a personal trainer in the financial district of London and worked closely for a few years on a one-on-one basis with accountants and lawyers, which I thought, you know, at the time, I thought that's exactly what I want to do. I want to help these people to to achieve career success um, without without sacrificing their health and their and their family life and their hobbies and all those things that are really important. And as as much as uh, that, I was loving that, I sort of realised that the one to two hours a week that I was spending with these people was only sort of putting a Band-Aid on. And, and when they went back into the workplace, 
um, that they were still amongst these environments that weren't supportive or you know weren't conducive to to you know, mental health and, and well-being and all the things that we speak about. So that's when I thought, no, no, if I want to see the change that I believe in, um, I need to get into the workplaces themselves and, and see the change from, from inside. So that's when I started Lift Your Wellbeing in 2017. Um, and initially it was all about really giving that personal training experience to the whole workforce. Um, I was delivering, you know, I was doing personal training to the people at the top, um, but I felt that you know the, the whole employee base deserved that same sort of experience um, to support them. So, yeah, that's how it that's how it sort of came about, and we're still evolving a lot. I'm sure as I'll explain uh, through. And, and in terms of sort of engaging with um, with a you know with people at a company, so you know fitness takes a bit of time you know you can't just do it five minutes a day can you you have yep. to do you have to do a reasonable amount of fitness in a week to actually make a difference well i, I do and i still don't make a difference but um <laughs> you know it you know it's, it's relatively time intensive isn't it how how do you fit that in what how does lift your well-being fit that in uh, amongst all the other challenges at a day's work yeah that is, and that is one of the challenges that i guess the the modern day employee works big hours and and has tight deadlines and big demands and that's why a lot of the time health and well-being is one of the first things to get sacrificed um whereas i think we all know it but whether we do it or not that if you if you sort of prioritize your health and well-being as a foundation of of feeling good it actually supports you to work better and um you know businesses i think and leaders are, are really starting to to be aware of that and so trying to fit it into your day is that's the big challenge. And with our clients, we we work with our clients on a weekly basis, um, and we we lock in a time period, same time every week, whether it's a yoga class or an exercise class. And a lot of the time, that's throughout the work day. Um, and our leaders are really good at encouraging employees to say, "Hey, you know, everyone, take this forty-five minutes, step aside, get involved in the class, have a laugh." Um, so when you when it is supported by leadership it's it's a lot easier to get involved um but also like um, would it be that, by, would, would so everybody in that class would be from that company is that the sort yes. of you know so it's your teammates are part of the class there's presumably a bit of banter and a little bit of light competition in there as well is there yeah exactly right exactly so we're trying to create a, an experience um that's, that creates team cohesion um and you know you, you want to get involved because your your colleagues are there and um and yeah, there is a bit of healthy competition as well, which is good. So, yeah, I think that yeah, that's that's the biggest stuff. But we also don't want to dismiss this, the importance of the five and ten minute movements, and like just reducing sedentary time is so so important. I think we get used to sitting down all day and eating our lunch at our desk, and so like a big part of what we do and through our app is we've got a lot of on demand stuff as well, like shorter. 10 minute sessions and 15 minutes and just trying to incorporate movement into our day is sort of our is our overarching goal okay so so it, it would sort of i could imagine it like there's a some set piece classes that you know probably quite time intensive and then there's mm -hmm. lots of little little ideas on the app for like get up and walk around the you know around the block or something you know small smaller exercises to sort of you know break up your day is, is that how you sort of approach it yeah, exactly right. So, so depending on on 
you know what your business chooses there's there's multiple longer sessions um, which are all recorded so again like it's great the live one is great you join your colleagues but also if you have a meeting then you you can do do it in your own time but yeah we're big on on the bite-sized content as well so like like 45 minutes might not be achievable today but stopping for a 10 minute meditation or a 10 minute yoga might be achievable and that might be enough just to shift the way you feel or just to really give your energy another boost and so we try to do a mixture of the both. Yeah, no, I, I, I even find if somebody says, do you want me to pick up a sandwich when they go shop, you know, when they're going out at lunchtime, it's a darn sight. It's better for me if I go and buy my own sandwich and just walk the 10 minutes, you know, yep. it does it does make an impact. So yeah, is absolutely. Your, is, is, you know, is Lift Your Wellbeing, is, the, is your primary aim to support mental or physical wellbeing or both? Definitely both. I think that, yeah, we – we like to say that we're supporting mental health and well-being through physical well-being. So I think we all know, you know intrinsically the two are connected. Um, we like to say that we're proactively supporting mental health by helping people to move more, sleep better, eat better. And and but you do uh, so you talked about meditation. So do you do you just see that that by doing the physical well being, the byproduct is that mental well being improves, or do you actually have stuff that where you actually work with people on their mental well being at the same time, like separate exercises or separate um, you know counselling or anything like that? Yeah, so we don't don't specialise in the counselling or anything like that's you know definitely see that as a very important piece, but um, we are more on see ourselves on the front end, the proactive side of things when um, trying to, I guess, we think of mental health as a, as a continuum of people who are, uh, we're all on a mental health continuum between thriving and striving, uh, sorry, between thriving and struggling. Um, and we like to think that if you, we support people to regularly look after their physical well-being, um, that they're more likely to be to be on that thriving side of the scale. So it's that's yeah, no, a bad approach i agree and when we spoke recently um you took me through your framework and uh you call it uh, the workplace well-being equation which is nicely named after the podcast i presume but uh <laughs> you know I, I wonder if you can take the listeners to what this is and how it forms the foundation for your approach yes uh love to love to so yeah the the workplace well-being equation is a, is a framework that I just I love, um, and I continue to to develop it and talk about it with everyone that that I come across. But essentially, I think it's a really nice way to think about it, and especially like if you're a leader who's new to workplace well-being or wants to do more. I find that so many leaders want to do more, but it's just it's information overload. And I think this is a real nice way to sort of you know, um, you know to think about it. So it's essentially that. All jobs have demands. Every single job has a demand, um, and different different roles have t- totally different demands. But um, so it's demand plus support plus or minus self care equals workplace well being. So essentially, where we fit at the moment with our with our app and with our focus on physical well being is in that self care part of the equation, um, and that that's a lot of emphasis on the employee. So it's saying to the employee, here's here's access to an app or here's access to a class. The emphasis on you to participate and engage with this to support your well-being. So that's that's one part of it. And I think that's where a lot of workplaces are at that, hey, like we're, we're providing you this. So it's it's up to you now to, to engage with it to support your well-being. But I think that uh, where the industry is getting better and, and what we're all learning at doing a little bit better is not focusing just on the employee, 
but also on the workplace um, and the environment of the workplace. And that's where the demand and support part of the equation comes into it because, um, as I'm sure people know, if the demands of your role, whether it's the, you know, the, the workload, the hours, the deadlines, the actual you know, roles, the tasks you're doing, if, if those demands are too high and you don't have the support frameworks in place um, to, to counteract those essentially or mitigate risks, um, then you're much less likely to engage in positive self-care and, and more likely to, to engage probably in what I call negative self-care, you know, which things are things that go against us feeling good. Um, and that's where we get that imbalance. So I think that if we want to take workplace wellbeing to the next level, we need leaders to think about that whole equation. And so in some way, when you first explained it to me, I sort of envisaged that demand was a sort of given and immovable, like it just was the demands of the job. And then the employer gave support and the employee, you know, in, in, engaged in some self-care. But actually, the demand can move, like an employer could look at it and say, well, actually, the demands are too high. Are yep. there ways we can limit that? Is that how you see the equation working as well? Yeah, yeah. So I think that like understanding that, yeah, that the demands, some demands can't be moved maybe because of the nature of the role. So it's essentially saying, can we mitigate some of these demands or, or can we eliminate them altogether? Um, and a lot of the time, I think it's through consultation. That's what I've found by speaking to our um, clients is, you, is when you talk about this equation with them something always resonates um and so a lot of time if you engage with your employees they'll almost fill out their own unique workplace well-being equation and and you'll pretty quickly find out that um you know using that um workload for example sometimes it's that the support that's needed might be just a certain training in a certain part so maybe there's a there's a certain part of someone's job that they don't feel confident in it's causing them a lot of stress and anxiety after work, you know, maybe they're working too many hours because of it, or after work they're more likely to you know, have a bottle of bottle of wine and some bad food to deal with the stress. Um, and all that's really needed on the support side of the equation is a little bit of extra training, or, um, or to feel safer to speak up to colleagues or leaders. And, um, so that's how I see see it all fit together, and, and that's why I like to sort of teach it. Okay, and if um, and you know, so. Do you get involved in those conversations sort of one-to-one or do, do people, you know, is that part of the program or do people just tell you, you know, and um, and come to you? How does that yeah, interaction look? Very much. That, very much that's our, that's our next evolution, I'd say, Ian. Like I think that we've become become very good at the, at the self-care part of the equation but realised that um, there's so much more that goes into it. Um, so I think that's sort of the next step for us is to is to sort of, I guess, do more training uh, around this other side of the equation and, and help leaders to understand how it all ties together. And, and then the more you can focus on that, I guess, workplace side of it, the better the worker side, the what we do in that self-care will will be. So the, the more engagement you'll get in that. Okay. And, um, and what about sort of intervention? So do you, you know, if you spot stuff, you know, if you spot issues or you, you know, you must be seeing people where they're not engaged or they're, they don't look like they're enjoying themselves and, you know, maybe <laughs> there's some signals for, um, 
the you know um, maybe mental health triggers that you can spot. Do you intervene, or is there an intervention um, profile in your program? Yeah, I think like where where we're probably different and, and something that I'm proud of is that like we're big on saying that we are a weekly presence with our clients. Like we only offer a, a weekly package, if you like. So what we do is we build good relationships. So for most of our clients, we've been with them for years. So you get to know the employees very well. So like um, and myself and, and the coaches that work for Lift Your Wellbeing get to build real genuine relationships. And, um, and because that there is a level of trust there, people feel comfortable to reach out to us. So as, as a step one, we're, you know, we do have people reach out to us and um, you know, we can either support them or, or signpost them where needed. Um, if people go, you know, people all of a sudden you see people just not in classes, you see, I guess, a break in a trend where people, someone's always in the yoga class and all of a sudden they're, ne- they're not there, then then we'll reach out to them and say, you know, hey, just noticed you haven't been in the class, is everything all right? And, um, and, then, and then the other probably third aspect of that, I guess, is we're coming from internally where the leader's, the leaders notice the trend. So if you've got a, you know, someone who's a leader who's in the class all the time and also notices that people aren't making it, it's a sort of a good thing for them as well to go, hey, like, is everything okay, or is it something I can do to to support you to be able to to be able to make it to the class and um, you know get involved? And a lot of the time, so we those are, I guess, early intervention conversations, uh, which hopefully are. Um, you know, allowing people to have safe conversations and, and speak up when they need and not not sit in silence and just sort of push through. Uh, and that could be a good answer. Thank, thanks for that, Kevin. I mean, in terms of the, the classes themselves, you know, these, you know, I'm intrigued the way that, you know, COVID and pandemic has, has changed people's approach. But, you know, presumably pre-pandemic, people would have expected a class to be te- taught physically in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have seemed pretty strange if everybody had jumped onto Zoom and done, a, <laughs> done some sort of exercise while they're in the office. But, it, you know, does this work better from home or or are you, are you neutral? Do you go into you – know, do you do – Yeah, um, oh, it's funny. I, someone, I remember someone a couple of years ago proposing the idea to me that I recorded classes and – gave people the option to to do a recording and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Just, I just thought, nah, couldn't work, couldn't work. And then overnight in March 2020, I was forced to make make it work with Zoom. Um, and it was the best thing that could have happened to us because what we were found, like from 2017 to 2019, we were physically on site um, and we had a lot of barriers. So like we... The, I guess the facilities is the number one. Was their showers available? How did they have facilities available for us to run a class? And if they did, then maybe it was only eight to ten people. But then there's two hundred staff members. So how does that work? Um, and then the other thing you find in a physical setup is that you know you get the people who um, who maybe need it most are, are a lot more reluctant to get involved, um, and will probably just probably sit out. So. What we found as soon as we went digital is that we got rid of all those barriers uh, and we also, it just became a way more inclusive experience. So we started seeing all these new faces in the classes who are still there today and it's become a real habit and part of their part of their weekly routine. And we see, because we're big on saying that you, you can have your camera on or you're off, on or off, um, and also that you can do the recording in your own time. So we... I, we haven't gone back to physical at all yet because um, we 
we think that you know the, the digital is better it reaches a wider audience um, and we we've got now got clients all, all over the world so even though i'm based in australia we've got clients everywhere so i think that from our perspective the digital um yes yeah, is, is, is really good and as long as the workplace yeah, no. is supportive of, of some form of remote working then i think it'll continue to work yeah and i think you know one of the you know as an employer you know or, you know as a leader in a in a team where we've got quite a few people working from home now um actually you know the challenge for us has been you know how do you keep in touch with you how do you do something social you know yeah. and digital at the same time when people are working from home so actually yep. i i would imagine that you know th- this has actually filled a need um because in the past it would have been like you say you could have organized a class or we could have just gone down the pub after work and um, <laughs> now people are looking for for sort of ways to interact with their teams um, and sort of support well-being remotely when the people aren't in the office. So, um, yeah, I, I would imagine this is a this is one one thing in the sort of armory that supports employers in that in that respect. Yeah, it definitely was. We we got told over and over again throughout the pandemic that like team cohesion has from our clients, like DLA Piper is is one of our clients' big law firm and. They kept saying to us, like, the team cohesion just has never been stronger and people haven't seen each other in 12 months. And it was because we'd sort of found a way to bring people together and connect and um, connect with people, not only who they normally sat beside, but these these sort of companies have got offices all over the place. So they're connecting with colleagues and they were inviting clients along. So it was a way for them to connect with clients in a way as well that wasn't wasn't the pub sort of thing so maybe we just replaced the pub for 18 months and maybe that's what we're yeah do. yeah no <laughs> listen i think um like you say everything in moderation but you're right it, it's it's it was too easy to just walk down the pub after work wasn't it you know <laughs> yeah. um and, and what about do you see people are you know their fitness is improving or or you know are, are people taking on other things other than the programs you're doing i.e they i don't know start jogging or start cycling or start walking in addition yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, let's and that, that's we're, we're big on saying that as well. That like, um, you know, we, we want people to be to be moving in a way that they enjoy, in a way that's sustainable. So, um, if we can be the catalyst for people to be more active, I think that's just amazing. And we because we're, all our clients have uh, group chats in our app. So if your if your company would you know was in is in the app, you'd have a, a like an, almost like a WhatsApp group, um, and you see on the weekend people are posting photos that they're out for bike rides and hikes and all those sort of great things. So you know, I think with health and well-being, a lot of the time you just need to focus on one element. Say it is movement, um, and other things seem to fall in place. You tend to eat a little bit better and sleep a bit better, and those sort of things. So yeah, we we hope that it sort of is a people improve. You know, they're all-round all well-being by getting involved and and if um some of our listeners are are, are interested in, in taking up on your services do they need to be based in australia or that time zone or no not at all not at all we've got, a, we've got a team of six in the uk so um we've got a full full service there we've got an aussie team now that i've just building um and the uk team is able to cater for the american market as well because because of the time there so now we've got that's the beauty of the digital solution is we can we can cater for a really wide audience so yeah welcome people. we welcome <clears> everyone. 
Okay, well, listen, I'll, I'll make sure, um, Kevin, that, that all of your contact details and website and everything are in the podcast notes and people can get in touch with you if, if they wish. But before I let you go, there's a question I ask everyone. Um, what book or media is giving you inspiration at the moment and why? Yeah, controversially, I'm not sure. Am I allowed to recommend another podcast on this podcast? Yeah, yeah of course you are. Sure. I'll, I'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> so once you finish listening to this podcast, um, the one I'm enjoying is it's um it's called Psych Health and Safety. Uh, have you have you heard that one, Ian? No, I haven't. I haven't. So Psych Health and Safety. So it's a, um it's two Auss- Aussies that um run it, and they, they've got a w- weekly episodes. But I guess what what they they're focused on the workplace, and I guess like. Coming back to that workplace wellbeing equation, um, that the worker is one aspect of of the workplace wellbeing. They're really focused focused on on the workplace. So they they look at they're big at looking at how do you identify the risks in your workplace to mental health and how do you mitigate them and how do you do assessments and and things like that. So um, yeah, they I'm really enjoying listening to their podcast because I think for anyone, probably anyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, You'd be, you know, you're really into workplace wellbeing, and it's it's a really great industry, but it's so wide. There's so much to learn, and so you've got to continue your education all the time. So I think this is a really nice one at the moment for me, just to yeah, continue my learning. I, I shall I shall listen to the to the guys and um, put a link in the podcast. <clears throat> I agree. I think you know the more people cover the subject, you know, I think it's still fairly fledgling in a lot of um, workplaces and. You know, I think that the better the coverage, you know, the the better workplace will be. Will, will be. So, um, yeah, good on good on them. I'll I'll put a link in and I'll yes. I'll start downloading a few. Yeah, fantastic. Now you'll enjoy it, Ian. Definitely. <laughs> Listen, Kevin, that was great. I think um, you know, the you know, moving you know physical well being online sounds like you know is is very much of our time. I think you know. I've definitely seen it and hearing it that more employers are going down this route. So I think that was a really interesting um, subject to cover and give people an overview of what it entails. Um, good good luck with the business, Kevin. And um, yeah, thank you for being on. And absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I welcome the opportunity to, to speak to anyone that wants to re- reach out to myself. It will lift your well-being and, and see if we're a good fit. Thanks very much.